comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Abe, did you take your test? What test? The personality test. Oh, that. Yeah, that. What were your results? Uh, I'm a farmer. Really? That's it? Yeah, why? Uh, what'd you get? I'm on Team Smarty Pants, apparently, but I think I'm going to choose something else. Why? Because I don't feel like hanging out in the library all day. Well, then choose Dauntless. Why? Because they're all just jumping around and stuff. Yeah, I guess. Well, anyway, i got to go back to milking cows. All right, have fun. <laughs> oh, I will. These cows are all single. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. <laughs> We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hola, amigos! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and, and other fun stuff. stuff. Nailed that one. That was good. That's uh, a little slight delay. That's, that's, the, that's the, the warmth of our chemistry right there. It's like, it's not perfect, because who wants that? But, you know... <laughs> Anyway, this is episode okay. 142, 142, 142. Seven? That, it does add up to seven, yeah. you're right. <laughs> and today, this morning, we are discussing Divergent, starring Shailene Woodley, the latest in young adult female dystopian future novel adaptations to movies. I think that's a whole... That whole title. That's, in, that's it, the name of the genre right there. It's in Barnes and Noble. It says <laughs> young adult female dystopian. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the plan. We're talking to Virgin today. And joining us, first time guests. We always like getting new guests. We have the senior editor and LA correspondent. Yeah. We have the senior editor and LA correspondent for VeryAware.com. Currently taking the B train back to Canderville. It's Courtney Howard. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good, good. Ready to talk Divergent. Great. I'm glad to have you. Nice to, nice to have a female voice on here. It's been a it's been a dude fest for a few weeks now, Abe, I think. And... I, I think it's like since the dawn of our podcast. Well, well, we've had plenty of female guests on this show, but I think... This since... is true. <laughs> we, we, had, we just had Leah and Taylor on for the Lego movie. What are you talking about? That was like a month ago. That's not the dawn of the podcast. <laughs> you should always have women represented on this show. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. We, we do nothing but respect women on We're talking that's about why, you, Susan Moore. That's why we try to keep them away from Abe as, clo- as close as we can. <laughs> that's why I'm forced to live up here, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no women live in Northern California. We've managed to. Is this uh, court-mandated living in Northern California? Or? No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Don't worry, Dion. I'm okay. 
<laughs> the shocking depths of out now there internet. Okay, let's get to some some show notes here. Oh, Lethal Ladies. Speaking of women, um, I won't, because we still have another week before this happens. Lethal Ladies of Horror movie marathon happening in L.A. on Saturday, March 29th. That features friend of the show Jimmy O and friend of the show Jason Coleman hosting um, this movie marathon taking place in L.A. It features three movies: Drag Me to Hell, Night of the Comet, and Christine. With plenty of special guests and prizes and things in between each movie. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't uh, got your ticket already and you're in the L.A. area, go for it. Google Lethal Ladies of Horror, and you'll be sure to find uh, the, the various links where you can find tickets for that. Should be a lot of fun. I know I'm going. I'm trying to get Abe to come down here. He should. He should, he should definitely come down. Yeah, if anything, you should put. On, you, should, you should go on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, and tell Abe to come down to Lethal Ladies of Horror next week. Maybe. <laughs> you can come down. You can see the Raid 2 with us. <laughs> I I could see the raid two with you guys, and then go to the Lethal Ladies of Horror. That sounds yeah. like a pretty kick-ass day. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, yeah. If Courtney says so, I mean, she is the editor in chief. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else? Um, Abe. Yeah, it's our um, it's our third year doing this. I know. What can I say? It flies by. We were gonna have a song medley, but uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll wait till later. You were serious about that. <laughs> <laughs> when am I ever not serious about the podcast? See, the way you said, when am I not serious about the podcast, makes it sound like you weren't serious just then about the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was serious. Okay. I was going to break into Family Guy's song here. Come on. But yeah, it. Um, yeah, we realized this literally after we did our episode last week that it's our third year like anniversary of doing this show. So. Yeah. Thank you, Battle LA. <laughs> episode one. <laughs> yeah, episode one. And thank you, Google Voice. Still not a sponsor. Thanks, thanks, Sucker Punch, for making us get through that movie and then still moving on with the podcast. I think that's... Yeah. <clears throat> thank you, Scream 4, for our first divisive podcast. I think we, So I think we've nailed the first three episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> Wait, did one of you like Scream 4 and the other one didn't? Yeah, Abe was wrong, I was, and I, I disliked Scream 4. What? Uh, that's a movie, right? Courtney's already insured her, her she, place to yeah, have a second now. appearance on the Out Now podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I see that we got to battle two people today. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thanks, you know, listeners, for, for you know continuing to support our show. I know there'll be a much there'll be a big a much bigger bigger deal placed on kind of our milestones when we get to our 150th episode in a few weeks' time. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's great to you know still be doing this. Um, Speaking of which, iTunes reviews and ratings, if we want to keep doing this, it would be great to get feedback from other listeners and whatnot. You can go into iTunes, put in a, a rating, and maybe even type up a review. Like, you know, a sense doesn't hurt. It would make us just – it'd make our day. Okay, so with all that out of the way, let's do it. Let's get to the, let's get to the show here, guys. Let's do a little Know Everybody, where each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for this podcast, and we to better get to Know Everybody. Know Everybody. I'm going to let Abe start this one off this week. Cool. All right, Courtney. Mm-hmm. You're in this young adult dystopian future, and you're really good at one particular skill, you know, in terms of hunting or gathering. What skill is it? Hmm. Well, huh. I would say I'm really good at people not remembering my face, <laughs> so I think I'd make a really good spy. Um, that, just because that is a people good would not be able to pin me down for the crime of doing whatever it is I'm accused of. How have you like practiced this skill? 
I have no idea. Also, <laughs> people think that I'm a PR person for movies. So I think people think because I like dress nicely that I know what I'm doing or like I'm more educated <laughs> than anybody else. As like, opposed to all those slovenly movie bloggers. Yeah. So like, I don't, I honestly don't understand it, but um, I think somehow those two skills and talents could come into play somewhere like... in a dystopian future. I might be erudite. <laughs> might be. Next thing you just have to carry, carry a clipboard around. They'll let you through anywhere. Oh my gosh. Good plan. Yes. <laughs> Props. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm asking, I will ask Aaron. Yes. If, what is your favorite YA novel film based on a YA novel? Um, I would, I would have to go with Ender's Game. Um, I, Abe and I on that podcast, we expressed how much we really enjoyed the Ender's Game film. I was very cautiously optimistic about it just because it's been I think so we're, long. Yeah, we were pleased and, with the outcome. And mm-hmm. I was very pleased with the outcome. I was I was impressed by how much I enjoyed it. I understand it has its issues and whatnot, and you can't pack everything you could from that book into one movie, let alone the various controversies involving Orson Scott Carr. But regardless, I was – Ender's Game is one of my favorite books, and I was very pleased with the film adaptation. I'm trying to think of other re- other ones in general because I besides you know this recent crop – the Adventures of Tintin. I, you is... know what I do. I I was a big fan of Tintin. That's true. That's, mm-hmm. It's not a bad uh, not a bad pick. I, I like I never read the Harry Potters, so I know I haven't anything to base on on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I did, you know what I did like uh, cause wait those, didn't you like the the last Twilight? I never no I haven't seen the last Twilight. Oh, okay. And I've somehow preserved whatever big twist it is that happens in the last Twilight. So like, there's I, a twist. There's something that happens that yes. I know is like a big deal that I yes. just I've somehow been able to not spoil for myself. So it, <laughs> as much as I care about these Twilight movies, so eventually I'll see it. <laughs> but um, I the uh, there's those Narnia movies which I didn't really enjoy the first two, but Voyage of the Dawn Treader is my favorite book in that series, and I was very mm-hmm. pleased with that movie as well. So mm-hmm. nice. cool. Um, Abe. Yeah. What kind of sweet dauntless tattoo would you get? <laughs> Uh, Is that how I said it? What kind of sweet yeah. dauntless tattoo would you get? I, I know, yeah. That's uh, that was my best guy course. I'd uh, I'd get one of Macklemore, like Macklemore's <laughs> face, <laughs> and I'd just be like, "Hey, Aaron or Eric, it's you." And uh, yeah, it'd be right over my heart, and it'd just be like Macklemore, and then you know, right okay. below it, you it get, says in lettering, "And Ryan Lewis." You so. get a, you get a fangirl tattoo. Well, no, I mean, it's again, it's just more because I, I want to be, I want to be in the good with Eric because I don't want him to throw me over a, a railing or anything. <laughs> Classic Eric. Yeah, that guy. I hope there's more railing throws in the sequel. Courtney, or actually Aaron. Yeah. In a future dystopian world, what city would you like to see them explore next? Um, I don't think I've ever seen like dystopian Hong Kong. <clears throat> and Hong Kong seems like a Hong Kong sounds like a pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna say Hong Kong. How about that? I like that. How about that one. Put that in your pipe and smoke. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't smoke anything, kids. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. It's weird that this is the second week in a row we've had to put out and out does not condone the use of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we're doing that more frequently these days. It's like as long as we keep getting emails from Dion explaining why it's not a good thing. Yeah. Dion is, uh, he's on top of it, dude. He's, he's worried about you, Abe. I know. I should Abe, really read Abe, that email. I should Abe, find I it. I read it. <laughs> okay. I replied to him. 
Oh, you did? Okay, good. <laughs> For the listeners, we got an email at outnotpodcast at gmail.com, which you could always do, where uh, Dion expresses concern over Abe and his, his recent musings on Out Now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's all right. Um, Courtney. Mm-hmm. What yes. popular music star would you have composed several songs for the soundtrack of your life? Of my life? Um, hmm. I would say, does it have to be famous pop like music star? Whatever. Um, but a non-famous popular music star is acceptable as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... My life isn't really an action adventure, so it would have to be something more like poppy, like, um, God, I don't know how to describe it, but probably maybe Kate Nash. I've been listening to her a lot lately. I think she's really talented and like some of her songs just, I feel, get me. So I'd say Kate Nash. All right. That's who I'd say. Cool. She could be my inner voice. Yeah, that would work. Abe, do you have one by chance? I'm just curious. I don't. I would. I would. I mean, I'd probably say something like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something clever, but I can't. So I failed everybody. I'm sorry. Trying to think of something clever, but I can't. <laughs> Maybe the name of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> Light bulb just goes on. I don't have one. Do you? Don't throw it. I did. I asked the question. Okay. All right. no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. MC Hammer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so what, let's see, ask Abe, Um, what faction would you be if you could choose a divergent faction? Uh, hmm, I mean. We're so candors, don't even try to play it. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like, it feels like you'd want to be divergent. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, hopefully I pass all my tests in a very unique way to make me divergent. For some weird reason, um, because everyone seems to be a mindless drone, and they get super washed up in their unique factions, because that's what makes society stay together. I don't know. But, I only uh, saw like two factions in this movie. I don't know if they are mindless. Drones. Well, you got you got the guys who wear the white blazers. They're like pretty nice. The um, the the Abbey Normals. Is that what they're called? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then you got the guys who wear like the blue blazers, and those look pretty nice too. And then you got the poor people, which is sad. <laughs> they're, they're the factionless. Factionless. They don't even yeah. have a faction. Right. That doesn't even make any sense, which we'll get to later. But all right, the factionless. What they 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 couldn't uh, couldn't swing it or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's two for each. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's how we uh that's how we play. No everybody. No everybody. Exact. Good one. See, <laughs> that's that's the stagger we like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on now. Let's get down to cookies. Yep. Each week and out now, we have one main movie of the week, but we also have other movies we've also seen during the week, so we have a segment called Out of Cookies. Yeah. That was pretty good. I, that I, was, was, yeah. I was happy with that yeah. one this week. It could be better. I, it could be faster, but I've been mumbling yeah. it so fast. So that was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, oh, you didn't say anything. I feel like Dude. if I listen back to that, I'll be able to hear every word that I said in that one. Sure. <laughs> Moving on. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Yes, uh, some of its most wanted. Good. Yeah, that means I'm... all three of us some of its most wanted, and we can do a <laughs> mini review of Muppets Most Wanted. Woo! <laughs> Uh, I thought that it was funny, funny enough, and some parts were uh, better than others. I, I love Ty Burrell and his French ways of work. Uh, but for the most part, I, I really enjoyed a, a few songs more than others, and I liked the first one probably a little bit more, better. But they they were candid and they said up front, it's probably not going to be as good as the, the first one. So uh, thanks, Muppets. You guys were honest. 
I'd agree with that. Um, that assessment. That's pretty much dead on. That's what I wrote in my review. I, I um, read it and I just repeated it. Back. Yeah, that's what <laughs> did. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I would also kind of put out there too, not that it's a bad thing, but it's just kind of interesting. Um, that I kind of think that it's more for adults than it is kids. Cause there's a lot of references that will just go over kids head, like faster than Gonzo being shot out of a cannon. Um, Good night, Denny Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, like, uh, but I think it's really well done. It's really funny and it doesn't like, talk down to kids or placate right. them. So I think it'll be neat to see like this generation grow up with that Muppets and kind of grow with it. Um, so I think that's kind of brilliant, but I didn't love it. Right. Um, I also agree that I like the past one a little bit more, um, but the songs are totally catchy. Yeah. I mean, I especially like the intro song, you know, we're getting, to, we're making it. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. I like Constantine's song to, mm -hmm. um, to piggy about getting to him bigger things. I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. I completely agree, and I, I'd go more so in saying I love the first one that was on my top ten that year, and this one I will likely not remember much of in the next few months, which is yeah. sad because yeah. I really want like I love Muppets. Abe and I love Muppets. Like, I I feel bad for people that don't love Muppets, honestly. But um, it's I was I can't say I was like incredibly excited just because I you know kind of figured that it, like this movie wasn't going to be the same thing as the previous one, but at the same time. I still had a lot of fun. I still, you know, walked. I, yeah. I didn't walk out like, man, that was a wait. Like, I, I, right. I had a good time with it. I do. I agree. The songs are not as as catchy, even though Brett McKenzie did. Return. Brett McKenzie's, yeah, exactly. And I, I like that he brought along Jermaine Clement this time around, so I got both mm -hmm. Concords in here. Um, there, I don't want to reveal all the cameos, but but there are some really good ones, especially in. There were, the but I felt as if they were kind of just like shoehorned in, and they really. That's the that's the definition part. of a Muppets cameo. <laughs> shoehorned oh, okay, in. all right. <laughs> that's 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 every Muppets movie. I was like, <laughs> who's playing the mail delivery Huff person? Daddy. Like, <laughs> but like, think of like the Muppets movie, like the original the Muppets movie, with like where like Steve Martin comes in just like I don't for no reason out of no like yeah. that, that's the that's always Muppets movies. Or well, I mean, like uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed James McAvoy's cameo, uh, but Puff Daddy was like it was weird, just like hey, here's Puff Daddy. Diddy needs work. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got, and you know how many Jordans it takes. To... He's, only, he's, he's only got so many fragrances and shirts. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Muppets Most Wanted. Um, yeah, that's why we're doing it as a mini review because it's just not a lot to talk about. Besides, hey, it was funny, not as funny this time around. Like more Sam the Eagle though. A lot of people were disappointed yeah. with the lack of Sam the Eagle. I think in the first time. So love Joe Biden. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, any other movies, Abe? Uh, no, except for I started watching Community season five. Pretty good. Yeah, it's a return to form. Yeah, I love Zach Braff's uh, little talk over on the first episode. <laughs> okay. The end. Um, Courtney, have you seen any other movies this week? Well, I finished off Nymphomaniac, um, part two last night. So I watched that, um, and I saw part one a couple weeks ago. Um, I like to do inappropriate double features. So when I watched <laughs> the first part, I watched, it was the same night as the screening of Muppets Most Wanted. So then yesterday I saw the Pirate Fairy, Disney's Tinkerbell, the Pirate Fairy, and then came home and had to watch Nymphomaniac Part 2 to do Part 2 of my series of inappropriate double features. So I got those out of the way, um, and I liked them. 
I think I'm still kind of processing it. It's a lot to like kind of digest, but then also it's still very Such superficial. A, those words. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of talking. <laughs> uh, a lot of talking in that movie. A lot of artsy things going on too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've um, seen I've seen part one, and I'm I've I've not wanted to talk about it yet on this podcast just because I haven't seen part two yet because I want to be able to judge it as a whole. But yeah, yeah, and I was like, and I didn't even write a full review for part one yet because I wanted to kind of see part two. I think it's weird that they split them up because um, if you're gonna watch a Von Trier movie, just like sit there and watch the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna go about into it too much since, you know, yeah, we finished it yet. But it's interesting, and I'm still processing it. So that's how, what I watched. How, how long is part two? Uh, two hours and five minutes. Okay, so it's about the same length. It's about the same, and like I still think that I would have. I mean, since we're kind of built differently than like the regular average movie viewer. Um, I think that his fans would still commit to a four hour just marathon it, you know? Yeah. Um, versus splitting it up. Well, it's because it, like the first one doesn't really, it just kind of stops. Like it doesn't yeah. end, it, it's not like, like Kill Bill, for an example, which I don't right. think is the best example, but it doesn't like feel like there's a natural end point. It's just like, yeah, okay, we're done for now. <laughs> we'll come back next week. <laughs> right. And it's kind of hard since I watched it like a couple weeks ago. It was kind of hard to remember, uh, is this person, like, what is his deal? And like, you know, and what, where was she? So I kind of recommend watching them back to back. Um, and they, there was some talk about them doing a full, like, part one and two together. Um, cut, like a director's cut, but I would not want to watch that whole thing again. Um, I think once is enough for that movie, but for both parts, just because it's so much to process and handle. And Are you a Von Trier fan in general? Um, I don't know that I would say fan, but I think he's a very provocative filmmaker, and I would definitely watch his stuff in a heartbeat. That's a good way to put it. Um. But I don't know that I would say, like, I've got to see the new Von Trier movie. Um, but I think he's got really good ideas in his stuff. And I don't know what his intent for this movie was. And I kind of think that his intent is always to make a very, like, a black comedy for all of his films, including Antichrist. I could, yeah, I could see that. Um, just because I think he likes to instigate viewers, like emotions and stuff and well, I, like i i love melancholy melancholia was my third mm -hmm. favorite movie a couple years ago and that mm -hmm. movie the first half of that movie is is really funny like there's a lot of mm -hmm. there's a lot of comedy in that before it you know gets to oh yeah there's this there's this crazy thing happening by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and the like it's really haunting like i'm surprised how much my mind starts thinking of melancholia just in the random like in random places and stuff. Yeah. And I just think, Oh my God, that movie was so good. Like I love the whole Charlotte Gainsbourg chapter of that film. And, um, my husband who is a total like doomsdayist is like, that is his nightmare fuel is that movie, <laughs> which I just think is the funniest thing that a Von Trier movie is his nightmare fuel. <laughs> it's weird that he has an intake valve of nightmare fuel. That's, that's yes. Just... <laughs> and take shelter, take shelter. I love take oh. shelter. 
Yeah. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. I constantly say this. I think it's like the best performance of like the decade. Michael Shannon takes seriously. Shelter. Jessica Chastain too. I think they're yes. absolutely. T- I think she did the of like her sixth movie she had come out that year. I love Take Shelter the most. Yeah, it was criminally like overlooked by like most awards, and I mean I don't look to awards to validate my decisions, but come on. Courtney has just ensured her third spot at the. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Um, oh yeah, I haven't gone yet. Um, good news, Abe. Yeah. As far as my quickies go, um, you as you know, one? At, as you know, my my Twitter handle is Aaron's PS4. Okay. Uh, it used to be Aaron's PS3 because it was my PlayStation 3's Twitter. Okay. I changed it to PS4 in anticipation of the PlayStation 4. I have not been able to get one until this week. I Uh-oh. now have my PlayStation 4 validating my Twitter name. Uh, <laughs> what about your preemptive PS5? That's on. I have that. Oh, I, oh, I, I've claimed that one already. Don't worry. Oh, I thought you had a PS, a, a Sony, you know, PlayStation Five already. But oh, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought you I, traveled. I just, don't play, I just don't play it because I gotta hide it. Okay. Uh, it's for the future. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I have my PS4, and with that, I have some quickies. I played Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, short but very enjoyable for fans of the Metal Gear series, especially. And I've been playing Infamous, the game that I waited to get my PS4 for. And um, it's just awesome. I like it's you get to be a superhero, and it makes you feel like you are a superhero. So it's wonderful. Cool. Um, so that concludes Aaron's gaming quarter on Out Now Quickies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, um, yeah, we talked about Muppets. Um, I also saw a movie called Cheap Thrills. Um, this movie's oh, yeah. on. This movie's on VOD now, and it's in a very, very, very limited release. Um, basically, like two theaters. Uh, but it's uh, this movie's really fun. Um, and like darkly twisted, darkly twisted. It stars uh, David Koechner of Anchorman fame, uh, Sarah Paxton, and Pat Healy, of the innkeepers fame for fans of that movie. And uh, I think Pat Healy was in uh, Compliance for fans of, of that movie. Um, and, Ethan, also... and, and Ethan Embry of Can't Hardly Wait fame. Ethan Embry. He was unrecognizable in Cheap Thrills. Like, yeah. I didn't realize it was him until the end, and I was like, oh my god, that's not the same like <laughs> Empire Records that's not even... What? The bass player from Can't Har- uh, from uh, that thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, cheap. So cheap thrills. This movie's about uh, basically these two. Um, Pat Healy, he's he's got a family. He's 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 lost his job and he has like an eviction note. He needs money. He goes to he's drowning in sorrows at a bar. He meets an old friend played by Ethan Embry. They start hanging out, and then um, they run into this couple also at the bar, David Koechner and Sarah Paxton. And uh, the, basically, Koechner has. A lot of money to just kind of hand out, so he starts making them do like random bets. Like I bet, I bet you can't uh, hit on this girl and make her slap you really hard, and I'll give you fifty bucks for it, that kind of thing. And then as the night goes on, the the stakes of these bets increase, where they get to these guys viciously competing against each other, which results in some very dark and somewhat macabre situations. It's really entertaining. Um, very, it, it's it's very it's a comedy, but it's very twisted. Uh, it's not like go for broke gory or anything like that, but at the same time, it has some great moments of tension in it that I really enjoyed. I, I really did. it was a good movie to see with an audience for sure. Too. Yeah, yeah, um, go with the crowd definitely. Yeah. If you get a chance to see it with people, I'd say do that for sure because it's a it's quite an entertaining bit of fun. That's cheap thrills. Cool. All right, that's the end of out of, out of quickies. Yeah, let's move on now to movie trailer talk where we go over. Some of the newest trailers and what we think of them when they're coming out and what have you. We got two new ones here. 
although they're almost indistinguishable, indistinguishable from each other. Um, the first one is The Maze Runner. This is a film based on a popular YA novel set in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world about a boy who gets thrown into a world of other boys, and they all are trapped in a giant maze, and they have to try to run through the maze, or else at night something comes out of the maze, and they eat corn or something. I don't know. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of maze talk in this movie. Um, who directed this? Wes Ball. What has Wes Ball done? No idea. Okay. Uh. Like it's such a big drop in the pro- this is his first big movie. All right. All right. Uh. A lot of these movies have, you know, kind of, you know, somewhat accomplished directors. Okay. This is his first movie. Based off a book. I've not read this book. I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out. Let's talk about it. Courtney, your thoughts on the Maze Runner trailer? Uh, I know. My only thought of the Maze Runner trailer is I interviewed the kid that's in the Maze Runner, but not about the Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he's got a big following and he's a good actor. So the main kid. Yeah, uh, Dylan O'Brien. Um, and he's got a good head on his shoulder, so I hope it does well for him. Um, Teen Wolf's Dylan O'Brien? Uh, I don't know because I don't know anything on MTV. Yes. <laughs> yes. Teen Wolf's. I'm on IMDb right now. Yes. He was in uh, The Internship. That's a movie. As I know. That that movie happened. Um, uh, that was on my worst of last year list. <laughs> Um, but he plays the kid with the glasses. I see, yeah. Fantastic yeah. kid. Um, but he's a good actor, so I'm kind of hoping that it's good. I mean, my hope with all of these films is that they do well and they kind of capture kids' love of reading again, because I think that's been lost by all those crappy Twilight books and movies and things. So, um, I don't know. Abe? My thoughts on Maze Runner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it certainly looks interesting for a young adult audience. For adults who are probably over 13, it's just like, I don't really care. Um, I think that there's uh, one thing that was cool was just there was an Asian guy in there. <laughs> and I was like, hey, look, an Asian guy who probably has two lines and he's probably going to die. Uh, unless I could be wrong. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. But um, I saw the kid from Love Actually in there, and I was like, he grew up. And then the kid from Where the Millers is in there. Yeah. And, and I can't get him out of, or I can't get TLC out of my head when I think of him. And I don't even know why there's one female there. I feel very. Seems like uh, she should be running first. Yes. I mean, I feel very confident that uh, she will be taken care of. Uh, but for the most part, I don't really care about this movie. How do you create mechanical spiders and expect kids to uh, defeat them? Uh, but then again, that's probably why I've I mean they're it. in a giant maze. I think the, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of creation going on here with amnesia. Um, how, this, this book's not very old, right? It's like 2009, I think. I, yeah, like I mean, that. it's not an we old. We probably it's, would have read it if if it was older, yeah. but yeah. I assume it's acclaimed. They all seem to be acclaimed. <laughs> like they don't. It, it see, it, it, they never seem to say from the book series that brought you to this. <laughs> From the terrible book series. Yeah. Um, the one, like, so, yeah, this trailer, I was intrigued just because it seems like so good. We'll get to what premises sound goofy and which ones don't in a second. But um, the the idea of, like, kids with amnesia being forced to run through a maze is hilarious to me. So, like, that's what kind of has me excited just because of, like, how's that work? That's an interesting one. Um, I, I hope it's some kind of, like, men in black, like, magnify out and you just see, like, giant humans, like, watching this maze. <laughs> that said, and we'll talk about the giver in a second, but 
I, I wish, like, it, like instead of some, like, random young girl, it was, like, Meryl Streep's the girl that, like, gets lost in this base. <laughs> and, like, and, like, she's dealing with all these little boys. Like, okay, guys. Like, she's strategizing with them. Um, but she could act herself out of that maze. Exactly. That's why I'd be, I'd be all on board with this. <laughs> this is a movie. That's for sure. The Maze Runner. Um, it opens September 19th this year. And um, I can't say I'm not, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious by it just because of how silly it seems to be. And yeah, the spiders and things, like, what's happening in this yeah. movie? But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they escape the maze this September. Move on to our next trailer which is almost less discernible than this one. At least that one has a big maze. I don't even know what this one's about offhand if I had to judge it just by the trailer. It is The Giver. Mm. Um, basically, this one is an acclaimed book. I know. It's an yeah. older book, that's for sure. I've read it. I honestly can't remember if I've read it. Like That's how like little memory I have of The probably Giver. Like, probably like fourth or fifth grade. I, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't remember at all. I'll read the IMDb description of this one. In a seemingly perfect community, without war, pain, suffering, differences of cho- or choice, a young boy is chosen... To learn from an elderly man about the true pain and pleasure of the real world. Oh, this... I hope I hope the old man goes. Oh, you kids, you don't know. <laughs> oh, back in my day, there's a story about walking uphill in the snow barefoot. <laughs> this one's from Philip Noyce, director. Who uh, he's done quite a few things that I've enjoyed. Uh, the Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games. The uh, s- Salt, of course, but uh, what's it? Uh, Dead Calm. I love Dead Calm with the uh, Sam Neill and mm-hmm. Billy, Billy the Main Zane, as I call him. <laughs> starting now. I didn't. I didn't realize. Yeah, Billy, Billy the Main <laughs> Zane. Starting now. <laughs> and the Saint. Um, yeah, this one. This film stars Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges, and um, everyone's everyone's favorite Alexander Skarsgård because the, the 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 women go crazy for him. <laughs> and of course, Katie Holmes, who no one goes crazy for anymore, but seems. But um, yeah, that's the, that's this one. Abe, what do you think of the trailer for The Giver? Uh, it certainly is different from what I remember when I read it. Uh, I remember reading the book, and I was very uh, impressed by it. And I was uh, quite young, so there was a lasting impression about how the world might turn out if we just continue on this dire, or dire course of events. But yeah, this one looks very ultra new sci-fi, and I was like, wait a minute, did this? Did they talk about this in the book? I don't remember that. And so I'm like, ah, maybe I should revisit the book. So I was kind of uh, impressed by the title and the, the the work that they're basing it off of, but I don't remember anything about it. Or I, I, these images that they're showing on the screen don't uh, recall anything in my in my brain. So um, yeah, I'm kind of uh, half on board, I guess. Before we get to Courtney, I just want to point out Taylor Swift also has a role in this movie. I forgot to mention that Taylor Swift is a oh yeah, I mean key actress in this movie. I, I'll bet you there's gonna be a Diet Coke cameo. <laughs> but uh, Courtney, your thoughts? Yeah, I was just gonna say the Taylor Swift thing too. That's crazy. It's also an August release, which makes me a little bit leery about it. Um, but that doesn't always necessarily mean bad things. I'm just saying it's an August release. Just like um, Mortal Instruments. E. Yeah, um, I didn't read the book, so I don't know. And from what I'm gathering and hearing from the chatter on the interwebs is that they've changed the book a lot, like significantly. So I'm wondering if those changes are going to be any good. I know Abe had mentioned that before, but I'm wondering if those changes are going to be any good. I usually like to go into movies clear. So if I hadn't already read the book, then I don't really want to read it now unless it's something like, I need. I kind of feel the need that I should read *The Fault in Our Stars* before I see the movie, 
um, just so I can get as much crying out of the way so I don't <laughs> crazy in the screening. But like this one, I feel like I, I don't know, I could probably read it and still be safe mm-hmm. before. So I wouldn't have to go in clear, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. But the August release date has me a little weary. I agree. And yeah, I, I just, my main issue with this trailer is that I have no idea what's going on. I, there was <laughs> what I thought was a, like a bearded grizzled Dennis Quaid turned out to be Jeff Bridges. Meryl Streep popped up for some reason. Like, it's like, what's happening in this movie? But, um, I, yeah, I can't say that I have much excitement for this, which I know is a fairly, at least from like kind of from what I can recall, the, when I was younger, the giver seemed like a popular novel. And, um, I, I can't, I have no memory of the book compared to something like Ender's Game, which I've loved for like ever and was excited mm-hmm. for that. Like, so I don't know. I don't know what to think about this at all besides what's going on and why do I not care that much? Just tell me on this yeah. Weinstein company. <laughs> Another good sign. The <laughs> 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 YA adaptation of the Weinstein company, just like uh, everyone's favorite Vampire Academy. But yeah, The Giver hits theaters August 15th this, this summer. So, uh, yeah, after your, you know, fourth screening of the uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes or something, then you can go catch the giver. <laughs> um, all right. That's trailer talk. Let's uh, move on now to our main film review for Divergent. Welcome to Dauntless. Initiates, we will be watching to see who you really are. You made a mistake choosing Dauntless. They'll find out about you. I know what you are. You're afraid of heights. Everyone's afraid of something. But not you. Fear doesn't shut you down and wakes you up. That's what makes you dangerous. Divergence threatened the system. It won't be safe until they're removed. She's gonna kill me. We have to be ready for anything. The world is changing. You'll have to decide who you're loyal to. All of my life, I've lived by your rules. <laughs> Not anymore. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Divergent. In uh, in my written review, I miswrote that Divergent was the first of several young adult novels being brought to the big screen this year, as Vampire Academy was, of course, too impactful to remember, apparently. Uh, that said, it is obvious that this is a popular subgenre. As a result... It seems like a basic template has been established. We have a strong female character, played by Shailene Woodley, a dystopian or fantastical setting, in this case, future Chicago. Lots of rules to establish, in this case, revolving around five factions separating the population. Love interests, played by Theo James. Uh, potential threats, Kate Winslet wiping out factions and stuff. A chosen one aspect, the Divergent, and other such things. Uh, Courtney, did you think Divergent broke away in a good way from this pattern, or... Otherwise, um, well, I think that Vampire Academy exists, and I'm kind of glad that it came out at the beginning of the year to show everybody how not to do a YA adaptation, just because it over-sexualized some of the females. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was just garbage. So talky, so ex- explaining about the world. There's too much dialogue, too much narration. This, I think, um, I think that the main through line of this film and say something like The Hunger Games 
is still the same about, you know, the young girl and the uprising and finding her own voice. That's all still the same. But I felt like this was tangibly different than Hunger Games. And I know a lot of people didn't feel that way. And I'll give them that. But I kind of felt like it was different in the fact where um, compared to the other YA, the DOA YA uh, adaptations we've seen, like they just can't get it right. And this I felt kind of got things right. And I didn't read the books to this one either because I wanted to come in clear again. But I don't know. I thought the world was clearly explained. Um, I valued it for what it was worth. I liked when she finally like starts rescuing herself. I liked that moment. Um, I thought that was a pretty powerful moment on film. Um, and I liked all the female characters too. And there's a nice little like message of the romance between her and, uh, the character of four played by Theo James. Um, where it kind of seems like, hey, let's take things slow versus like you always see teens popping into bed with each other. I'm not a prude or anything, but I think this is kind of a neat new message to send to young kids. Um, not that I preach abstinence or anything, but um, there's that. Um, That's the name of one of the factions. I, I feel like Abignation is like, like the worst name of anything ever. <laughs> so it's like any other A word. I think. It's actually pronounced Abignally. <laughs> no, that's Rand McNally. He owns maps. <laughs> um, but, you know, every time they kept saying erudite, I would think of Flight of the Concord's brain in lady. And I have to say that in my head. And then it would just start getting all muddled in there, just singing uh, the song. Um but I liked the movie a lot. I had a good time. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I liked it. It's, but I will give it, it does have its faults. Like, there's a lot of faults. There's a lot wrong with it. But I valued it more for what it got right, if that all makes sense. Um, I'm not a – I don't know the original source material. I've never read it. I didn't even know it was a book series until I saw the trailers. And I was like, from the world's best-selling Divergent. Um, but it's directed by Neil Berger, and he did Limitless, which I enjoyed. I know Aaron didn't really particularly like. Um, one of the things I thought about it from right off the bat was the visual uh, production design of this movie looked really good uh, when they were showing old Chicago, or I guess new Chicago, and the fences that are built and how the city has been destroyed and decimated. I thought that looked really good. Um, I think uh, I'm pretty much on board with Courtney for the most part. I'm a little more negative, and I'll get to that in a second, but... Um, I thought that the first first and the third acts were very different from the second act, which I enjoyed a lot more, which is uh, when she's training and she's learning how to be become independent and whatever else. The first act was just really strangely boring, and the third act was just really, really long. I was getting really frustrated with it because um, I didn't know where it was going to end, and I was thinking, is this the entire book series that we're going to watch? Because if I had known that, I probably would have uh, not gotten a medium Coke, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pleasant. It was not pleasant. I was uh, doing the dance in my seat. Um, but I was like, I know we're toward the end. I just have to hold out. And I was like, this might be it. Nope, not yet. That's what, what people are gonna, that's what people are gonna say when they read your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe. Well, it would be a, it'd still be in book form published. So they can see how many pages they're reading left. What's the uh, title I gave it? 
um, I, I don't. We gotta listen on. back to this recording now. So yeah, I, can make exactly. a fake, I gotta make a fake book cover to put on the Facebook page <laughs> if you're, with your face. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, just Photoshop me on top of like the Steve Jobs thing where I'm holding my chin with my with my fingers. Um, anyway, but the movie itself, I enjoyed what it did with the female characters. I think that I, uh, I think that they're pretty true because I saw a lot of fans there that were clapping after the after the movie was over. But I especially enjoy the strong female characters that they write for um, young adults these days because I think it is important, not just for kids to be reading, like uh, that was a great point from Courtney, but I think it's also just important that, hey, look, women are not just like sex symbols or whatever, throwaway characters, like in that awkward moment. Um, I like they how should be treated pretty much equally. There are about three strong female characters in here. One of them was like the brute. The other one is Zoe uh, Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. And then obviously Shailene Woodley, who, you know, she actually has a fear of, of being sexually assaulted. And I was like, that's a, that's a bold statement there. Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad that they, they talked about that because yeah, I, that's uh, that's a strong point. But for the most part, it was an okay movie, I would say, because um, I did especially enjoy the world building because you do get a sense of it. But it was so weird that I didn't really think about what, what was beyond the gates until they brought it up. I was like, yeah, what is beyond the gates? And I also just thought that the ending was, was quite long. The movie was okay. I don't like focusing too much on the damn star ratings that I have to put in the write-ups. I hate that. But, uh-huh. like, this one gave me a lot of, like, between, like, the two and a half and three. Because I wasn't, like, I just couldn't, like, put my mind on which one I wanted to go with. Because I was entertained for a good majority of this movie. And I think Shailen Woodley does a good job. A very good job. And I also like Theo James in this movie. You guys, as far as leads go in these kind of movies and if you're gonna have to have some kind of love interest i like that even though he was still like tall brooding guy like he made it work i thought he had good chemistry of shailene woodley and everything um it's just that third act is like really comes out of not nowhere but it just kind of like abruptly hits you in the face with by the way now we're a crazy action movie after like this like rocky training montage that we've had for like the majority of the film um, which i was enjoying a lot i i kind of i i tend to get behind that kind of underdog story quite easily it just plays on my emotions in the right way where it's like yeah she's getting better see look at all that hard work she did like good job um and then oh okay let's stop that now all that training means nothing because now we're in an action movie but um the i i did enjoy like the visuals i think i as much as I'm not a huge fan of Limitless, I do think the kind of I think Neil Berger, along with like the Illusionist, I think he has a good, good visual sense, and I think he did a good job with one of these kind of movies where you have this a lot to establish within one of these origin stories, and you have to go over like what this Chicago world looks like, complete with fences around it, and I have a, I have a theory about what's beyond these fences, but I'll, I'll save that for later. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, like it, it's a very yeah it is a very good looking movie I think Shailene Woodley really carries a good majority of this film because most of these characters are so just paper thin like, mm-hmm. like um God Jai Courtney who I keep wanting to support because I love Spartacus so much it's like God why are you why can't you be stop being a diehard and being yes. terrible like this we're just like one note Macklemore guy now with like a like a weird piercing in your seriously uh, your, Macklemore. Your, over his eyebrow, eyebrow. and yeah. just like the only thing you say is like get up let's go do that like he's just the most like brotastic douche guy <laughs> that's what he is that's what that's like the description we're looking we're seeking out brotastic douche guys and this that's is like what, the role. that's what it says on the script it's like brotastic douche guy he's like got it <laughs> we'll get like, courtney 
It'll be good. <laughs> like, like Zoe Kravitz, like, yeah, she's like, good job being a good, like, female character, but still she's just like, supportive friend. And Miles Teller's like, dick, dick, dick rival guy. Um, <laughs> you don't really, yeah, you don't really get a sense of that because they're never, like, they have, like, one fight sequence together. But... Well, he just keeps calling, he just keeps calling her stiff, like, stiff, every 10 yeah. seconds. Like, hey, stiff, what's up? It felt like, uh, what's his name? Um, always, always dark and brooding uh, dwarf from the Hobbit movies. Um, uh, huh? What's his name? The one dwarf that's always given uh, Bilbo. Uh, I don't know. There's like twelve know. dwarfs in that movie. What's the yeah? Main I know. Dwarf? That's why I don't know. <laughs> the main guy. The main guy. Yeah. Oh, Th- Thorin. What do you What do you think I'm asking? Yes, Thorin Oakenshield. Thorin, Oakenshield. <laughs> Thorin yeah, Oakenshield, who's just like he's just like so stretched thin as a character that he has nothing to do but bitch and complain about Bilbo all the time. That's what it <laughs> felt like with like a lot of these characters. They have just nothing to do besides be like the one thing that they are. Uh, besides Woodley, so like I'm glad it's she helped. For young adults, even Kate Winslet. Like how how do you get Academy Award winner Kate Winslet to be such a bland, one-dimensional? Like I'm gonna just talk icy all the time. Doesn't matter if I'm good or bad. I'm just gonna always be this way. She had a long Labor Day. He's gone. And we're all safer for it. Safer? How are we safer? The brilliance of the faction system is that conformity to the faction removes the threat of anyone exercising their independent will. Divergence threatened that system. Don't get me wrong. There's a certain beauty in your resistance, your defiance of categorization. But it's a beauty we can't afford. So it's like a lot of these things that kind of get in the way of me enjoying this movie more. Like, because I did, like, uh, visually, it looks really cool. I was very happy to see that all this climbing actually led to something besides just, hey, we climb stuff because we're awesome. Like, <laughs> the very premise, I still, like, don't want to rip into the premise just because there's plenty of sci-fi movies I love that I think have incredibly weak premises if you think about it for more than half a second. But, like, if you like, have a world that's divided into five fac- factions regarding personalities and whatnot, there just seems like there's so many inherent problems with that. But I can get past it because I liked looking at this world and I liked the dream stuff, or the, not the dream stuff, but the, well, how would you call it? I guess the, the, the conquering the fears stuff where they, like, kind of go into their minds and... The, the the movie kind of expands visually in that sense. Like there's a lot of uh, is a dynamic play of like how to represent what's your fear and how to get through it and things like that. I enjoyed all that stuff. And so, despite having issues with these characters and wh- where the third act goes, I still like had an entertaining time. I guess with this movie, even though it's quite long, it two hours and twenty something minutes. It's like oh my god, keeps going, but. I'm curious enough to see like where a sequel would go, where like the second book goes, because I want to know more about these other factions that we barely got to see in this movie. But you know, you brought up Theo James, and I do agree that his character of four is uh, played pretty. It's it's played subtly, and I I enjoyed that because it's not like hey I'm like the best guy here, and I'm gonna like be the love interest from the start. It's like nah, he's actually playing it pretty uh pretty distant, and he's just there to make you better, and then. One thing leads to another, and sure, yeah, you know, they do, I guess, fall in love. But it's not a, it's not a whole entire like, I'm the best guy here. Like in the the vibes that I was getting from City, Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, like the really skinny guy who's super emaciated. He's like, yeah, I'm here <laughs> to save you. I'm here to save you, save you, Lily Collins. And don't worry, I'm the best. And it's like, all right, well, I guess that guy's gonna be her love interest. I don't know. But yeah, I I did like Theo James there. It's also weird that her brother is gonna be in another movie with Cheyenne Woodley, in which they play teenage lovers. So uh, I think it's like called uh, something somewhere she's got cancer or something. That brother it's, character. Uh, it's the fault in our stars. 
Which is, I think it's based off another book from the trailer or yeah. something like that. Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. And the guys who, um, I think it's funny that these three movies are going to be all, it seems like a very incestuous relationship with the spectacular, <laughs> you know, Miles Teller, now, yeah. <laughs> spectacular now, Divergent, and The Fault in Our Stars, because Fall in Our Stars is being, I believe it's being written by the guys who wrote The Spectacular Now oh, wow. screenplay. So it's got that going for them, which was also based on a book. And then they yeah. both have Shailene Woodley in them. And then it's like she jumps from Miles Teller to Ansel. I can never say his name right. Ansel yeah. Elgort. That sounds about right. Elgort. I get him confused with the girl that was in Beautiful Creatures, her last name. Um, so anyways, but I think it's funny that all three of these movies are going to be like um, – intertwined for like eternity now i hope they're in a pretty in pink remake <laughs> oh that'd, be, that'd be amazing all yes. three of them <laughs> oh yeah i'm totally for a resurgence of the brat pack for yeah. the generation that, that brought <laughs> up perfectly aaron it's like that, uh... yeah, yeah miles teller is ducky <laughs> <laughs> he'd be the ducky in that scenario you think I mean, he compared be, to compared yeah. to Ansel Elgort, <laughs> I, I guess because Ansel Elgort seems like he's quieter. He and, seems like yeah. he's gonna break in half if you touch him too hard. That's what he looked like. To me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a I have a question, and this is minor. This is kind of spoilery, but it was just hilarious to me. So it's in the third act now. Shailene Woodley, sorry, Triss. She just so you lose you lose somebody that's close to you. You re you re you reunite with like other people that are close to you along with you know the entire faction. And in order to take down, like, the big boss, you take with you, like, the four mm-hmm. people that you care about most, like, as you're, like, like you have all these other people to choose from. But it's like, I'll take the other people I care about that could possibly die all on the same day. Like, that makes sense, right? Including, yeah. my, <laughs> including my brother, who feels, like, so frail, like, he's holding a gun for, like, the first time. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, there's, like, the part where his dad is pointing the, the gun nozzle away from him on the train. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. Oh. Good one, guy. It's like I think we could have chosen a better team here. Like there's there's some, well, I mean, there's got, some like like Ray Stevenson, cool. He's he's the Punisher. I'll take him along. He seems like a good good person <laughs> to have in this fight. <laughs> I'll take my like frail, weak brother and like my dad, who's like clearly like crying his eyes out he's over the corner. Right. <laughs> also, the fact that she takes Peter Miles Teller's character is yeah that was confounding to me. I right. was like, really? Because he did this other thing to you, and now you're going to full-on accept him? But, it's... like, I'll forgive it that, because, like, I love Miles Teller, and I'd like to see him in more movies, but, like... He was trying my patience in this movie. My God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I he guess was, that's his character. But the same... that I didn't really care about him. That's, like, I had well, no... Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, even when he was off-screen, I was like, eh, I don't really care about this guy. Yeah, and same with her, um, the other two guys who... I've never felt such a case of extreme face blindness during a film. Like I could not tell the difference between her guy friends and Dauntless, Will and Al. Oh, those, yeah, I got confused. And I was like, who is who? I don't understand. Like I turned to my friend, I was like, I'm smart. Who are these two guys? Like I don't understand what's happening and who tried to do what to who. I think that there was like one part where they. This is before. Um, they try and do something to her, uh, but when they're still friend mode, and they showed one guy, and then they showed the other guy in sequence, I was like, did they just show the same guy twice? Seriously, <laughs> yes. And, like, my friend was like, so do you need them to start dyeing actors' hair so, like, one's blonde and one's redhead so you can tell the I difference? Could, I could help and out. I'm like, oh my god, I'm at that age where 
It's like no, they legit look the no, same they, though. They like I had no like right? I was I was confused by it. Like like I'm I'm pretty good at this, but at the same yeah. time, it's like you show me one guy and then you show me the other guy who like one of them's like Zoe Kravitz is like BFF in this one. It's like what's which one? What like who's... yeah. <laughs> and I just like and I just didn't care for either of those characters. They didn't go beyond like you were saying. Didn't go beyond a cardboard cutout for me. So yeah, that's none why, of them were distinct. Even like the adult, more adult actors, like I mean, Mackay Pfeiffer is basically in a cameo in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Maggie Q just like exists to be like Obi Wan, but not quite. Where she just like imparts some knowledge, but not like all she, the important she gives, things like, two that might help. Of yeah, like she, she, she's like, you give me a quarter, I'll give you like a piece of information, and then that's it. Like, like it could have been really helpful <laughs> to like know certain things. Yeah, I'm feeling will. maybe those two will get more play in a sequel. I as, assume so. Yeah, I assume. But yeah, I hope. And the other thing that was strange about the factions is you have the farmers that are working beyond the gates, and that'd be interesting to explore again what's beyond the gates. And and um, well, that has to be in the sequels. I mean, I can't imagine yeah, not I, ever I, going beyond the gates. But. I would agree with that. And otherwise, it becomes like an M Night Shyamalan movie. But um, <laughs> the other thing is also I I didn't really believe how this is like a town, a city full of like teenagers that were helping to secure your your life because dauntless is the security forces and like what aaron said it's just like a bunch of frat bros that are running uh the security force with like 12 year olds well that's my i mean that's the other thing i have it's the the world's built only so much where like i don't i'd love to know more about it but i get that it's from tris's perspective so we can't see everything but at the same time it's like how does this world get governed like what what are the <laughs> what are the problems how did how like what are the ages of these other people like where where is it because like, clearly there's different you know there's more to dauntless than just the training program that we see like there's got to be actual like old soul like mckay pfeiffer like in they're like who still looks very young. Black on crack age. No, no, I mean, uh, just in terms of, like, his, uh, yeah, that too. But just in terms of, like, the oldest member is Mackay Pfeiffer, and he's, like, maybe, like, 35. So This is a movie. There is Mackay Pfeiffer. Well, Tony uh, Goldwyn, maybe they, like, I mean, we don't see any white-haired Dauntless members, which might be an interesting thing to see, but, like, they Tony only wear black. not, you know. <laughs> I mean, Tony Goldwyn looks good, but, um, you know, maybe... Once they get older, they transfer. I don't. I don't know. I just assume all of this will be explained in the other two movies that are coming. But which is a fault to this movie for me because yes. it's like yeah. I, it shouldn't. I shouldn't have to depend on seeing future franchise films in order to understand things right. that are happening in one. Right. Like I can say, like Hunger Games, the first one. I really enjoyed Hunger Games, and I got a great depiction of that. Mm-hmm. I, I like the world building in the movie better than the mm-hmm. book. Actually, <laughs> like I was very satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. This one's just like it's leaving a lot of holes open for me to obviously dive into, and I don't necessarily want to. I'd rather just enjoy a film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. that's total fair criticism. Fair enough. But I mean, again, I think Shailene, I think Shailene Woodley does a great job here. I, yeah, I, I do. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a uh, she's really turning into a really great great actress, and I especially enjoy her dramatic beats in this film, where she the one of them, the first one that I was thinking about was when she's talking to her brother after they've trained for X number of months. And um, she really got me with like that that zing right at the end. She's like, "Faction before blood, huh?" And I was like, "Oh, snap, son!" Uh, I like that. Immediately after that scene, she like walks down some stairs, and like iridite people come. Iridite people come. They're like, "Kate Kate Winslet wants to see you." And he's like, "I'm not coming." He's like, "Yes, you are." He like punches one in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other scene is uh, when she's with Ashley Judd, and she's like, 
she's got some real tears coming out. I was like, wow, she's really good at this, so get on her. The one I didn't like, as far as dramatic beats go, is when, like, someone tries to do something bad to her, and then she's like, I'm never going to be your friend again. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you tried to murder me. <laughs> like, that's, I, I, I probably wouldn't accept your apology. <laughs> I'm sorry we tried to murder you. <laughs> I hope we can still be friends after the murdering thing that I attempted. Uh, I never thought of it that way, but that's exactly what happens. That's what I said out loud. I was like, you tried to murder me. It's not like you cheated off my damn test. You said you tried to, like, legit end my life, bro. Like, stop it. Bro. Yeah, and then there's, like, a scene that follows that up, which it's spoilery, so I don't want to say what it is, with that one character. Yeah. Where I was like, am I supposed to care about this? I mean, I'm right. thinking in my head, yes, you tried to, you know, you tried to murder Tris. But, like, I, I I don't know. Like, and that's a problem I have with a lot of the supporting characters in the film. Where do these pits go, by the way? There's all these, like, craggly pits in, like, this area. Like, do they just, like, I guess they, water they at the bottom. It seems. To, like, I don't know, China. Also, Dauntless just seems dangerous to a point, doesn't it? Like, you're running around, you're jumping on moving trains that never stop for some reason. <laughs> the trains can't stop. <laughs> uh, the yeah, trains well, never stop. Isn't that, like, parkour, though? Like, it, yeah, I know, it is. Yeah, I it's, mean, you're right. It's total parkour. It's par- parkour they're, the movie. They're hipster parkour enthusiasts. Uh, <laughs> but, like, and they have zip lines all around the city, too, which are, like, oh, my God. I think, it's it, all, I think it's a play on the hubris of youth. Like, when you're youthful, you're just, you feel invincible, and you'll do dumb things. You know, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. So like, that's why there's no elderly people, because they're like, oh, my hip, my sciatica. (laughs) So that's why we're not seeing any of the like white hair folk being represented in Dauntless. Well, I hope Mackay Pfeiffer does parkour in the next uh, an insurgent. I would be totally for that. And I I hope there's a District B-13 slash Brick Mansions crossover with the Divergent (laughs) Dauntless series. (laughs) I enjoy that a lot. Yes, what you're saying is Brick Mansions is totally going to be your jam. Yeah, it's just yeah, da- Dauntless, I mean, Dauntless it, the it movie. That's what, I've been saying. That's what I've been needing. <laughs> the Dauntless prequel. So you're going to be the parkour movie expert. <laughs> yeah, I'll see all of them. I saw that other one that's like on, there's one on Netflix that I talked about a few weeks ago that I can't remember because it's terrible. Um, anyway, let's move on. We've been talking about Divergent and all that, I think. <laughs> let's get to our rating. Each week, we rate movies based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Courtney, where would you put Divergent? I would say see it now in the theater. Abe? I'd say Netflix. I, I'd say dollar theater. I, guess. I think, I mean, there's a like a caveat that fans of the book are going to see this no matter what. I'd like to think that they'll be satisfied, I guess. Like, it, I, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't read the books. So I don't know, like, how faithful it is. But it seems like it has the kind of big screen prestige to make it acceptable. But, yeah, I'd say dollar theater for the most part. Do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where you mention a few films that we might have thought of during or after the movie. And I think there's a lot of obvious ones to call forth here. But, Abe? Uh, certainly in Hunger Games, uh, you brought up Ender's Game, which I thought of as well. Um, both of them, I think, are superior films, um, especially the second Hunger Games. But uh, I also thought of, uh, that was actually a legitimate one that I thought of, I can't remember now. But yeah, that's kind of, you know, those young adult films. Uh, so. if, if you think of it, just shout it out without making any context of why I, you're shouting that I out. I will. Okay. Yeah. Like, I really had a good one. Courtney? Yeah, I'd say Hunger Games as well. Um, 
I mean, obviously I thought of the other YA uh, novel to film adaptations too that weren't successful and why they weren't successful um, and how they could have been better successful during like Beautiful Creatures, which I saw on video and I liked okay. I thought it was okay, but I think it would make a better TV series than a movie. I can agree with that, but I really liked Beautiful Creatures. I know a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson, he loved, it was on his top ten. He loved Beautiful Creatures, and I yeah. I, I, I really I, – I enjoyed that, that world. I enjoyed that Southern Gothic style. I, yeah. I, it's obviously overstuffed with things because that's yeah, the nature I mean, of these. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that too. I liked it more than I thought. Like I didn't understand where all of the like bad reviews came from with that movie, but – um, I thought Emma Thompson was just really overplaying it, really goofy. But the rest of it, I thought was really solid. Um, but I, I like still... I like that that him, her and uh, Jeremy really? Jeremy. Well, he, I like them I just chewing have... chewing it that much. Yeah, but... yeah. I guess we're gonna have that. But and I skipped out on Mortal Instruments just because I was like, no thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Full titles, please. The Mortal <laughs> Instruments, the, the city, of, city of Bones. City bones or... Colon. The city of bones. <laughs> Equilibrium. That's the one I was thinking of earlier. Mm. Oh yeah, that cause I tweeted about Equilibrium the second. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. I did. I put I put something like um, uh, Equilibrium, the cult cl- the cult favorite starring Christian Bale. That world's really terrible if you think about it for a second. But at least I had fun. Hashtag Virgins. Yeah. Like it was something like that. <laughs> I would just say mainly the Hunger Games. I thought about that and just from female, like from a female perspective and how the character is treated and stuff. So. Yeah, I see where Hunger Games comes in for sure, but I honestly thought of Harry Potter a lot. Like, it reminded mm-hmm. me of, Harry, like, it's, instead of, you know, magic oh, yeah. and witchcraft, yeah. it really yeah. pretty much is a Harry Potter movie where it's, you know, yeah. person like trains. Like, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, person trains, they choose a thing, they jump into, and, you know, at the end, there's like, oh, we need a plot, so here you go. Like, that's the that's the first Harry Potter movie. Like, it's just, <laughs> uh, it's the, it, you replace, like, whimsical, fantastical magic with, like, you know, hipster parkour enthusiasts and, um... T- tough boxing. Tra- By the way, you're not getting up from some of those fights that those girls are getting in in that movie. Like the two people getting beat up. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah. You're not waking up two hours later like, oh man, my head hurts. Like you're just your your collarbones broken. Like you're done. You're you're not dauntless. You're factionless. Oh. Outside those gates, what lies what lies out there? That's a that's a mystery I want solved, but I, I do want to solve that. I don't know. I hope it's like everyone else is like at like I haven't read these books, but this is my guess. I feel like everyone else is just like business as usual. Like, hey, this is like we're great. Like the, the world's okay. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing's a problem. But man, we really nice. pulled one over on Chicago. We put gates around them and told them that there are wars. Like that's what I want. To <laughs> yeah, have. I I kind of half uh, I half expect a, a huge plot twist like that too. It has to be right. Like everything's just completely normal outside. <laughs> Right, they're like, why is everyone dressed in black here? It's like true, but you're like they're watching the the the, the <laughs> Chicago TV show. Oh, no, that would actually be really good. <laughs> Look what this girl's doing now. What an idiot! What <laughs> <laughs> if that's true? Ed cameo has a or Ed Harris has a cameo. It'd be great. You see, yeah, he's guiding it with Paul Giamatti up in the moon. Um, all right, let's do. <laughs> That was movie callback, I guess. <laughs> Let's do a little Audible plug here. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. There are over, I think we're saying 200,000 titles now to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. Uh, for you listeners of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book to recommend. It's a little obvious. It's by Veronica Roth author of Divergent. It is called Insurgent. 
Uh, one choice can transform you or it can destroy you, but every choice has consequences, and as unrest surges in all the factions around, Triss must continue to try and save those she loves and herself while grappling with haunting questions and grief and forgiveness, identity, loyalty, politics, and there's a lot of things she has to deal with, apparently. Um, but yeah, that's the sequel to Divergent. If you can't wait for this movie, I assume it's happening. I think it's already greenlit. It made some money this weekend. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah. Both of them are greenlit. Yeah, I'd assume so at this point, yeah. So, you know, if you want to get on that train and see what happens in books, you can do that at in in listenable form at audibletrial.com. You can download that book, check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can just, you know, get rid of the service, but keep the book. So there you go. Everyone wins. Everybody wins. Yeah, audibletrial.com. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Still without now. Feedback. Feedback! It just gets worse every time you do that. Well, it's, it's supposed to be feedback from a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I get it now. It's clever. Um, I think that's part of the book title that you have. Um, all right. So, yeah, each, each week we go over the various answers that we received on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, for various questions we ask about the films of this week and just fun stuff in general. And, Courtney, feel free to provide any answers you want to as we read out these questions and some of the answers our listeners gave us. Okie dokie. So here's our first one. What set of actors that played a couple in one film would you want to see play enemies in another? Jose has Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. Brandon has Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. Jason has Seth Rogen and James Franco. <laughs> April April has Brad and Angie. And Joe has Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I think we answered it with Divergent Miles Teller. Spectacular now. A couple. <laughs> and then now they're at war and people are getting what they asked for. I wish there was a 70s spy throw with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, but then, you know, whatever. <laughs> the apartment, too. Burning down the house. <laughs> And then asked, what's better, jumping onto moving trains or ziplining a great distance or something similar but different? Izzy writes, what if the zipline breaks and you get run over by the moving train? Izzy, good practical thinking. <laughs> if, you're in, if you're in dystopian Chicago, there's no chance a zipline would break, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> Jason writes, jumping through walls and windows. So I guess he's choosing jumping, yeah. April says, jumping onto moving trains. If you miss splat, at least with a zipline, you're harnessed in. But what if you go through the electrical part like like Tris did? She's I mean, gonna make it out all right. Yeah, but if you weren't really aware, she you're barely just like, oh, that I'm break, fine. by the way. I mean, come on, idiot. What are you come on? There's, yeah, <laughs> there's a wall coming and you have a break. Pull the break. You were told one thing: pull the brake. <laughs> you're like, oh, I, uh, yeah, I guess I need that one. <laughs> and then lastly, Philip writes, we need a hobo expert to call this one. Oh, the the, the Dude, moving trains and ziplining. So the, he's gonna have like his little bindle. Like... The uh, the Abernathys, the, the, the Abern experts. Okay. The Abazabas, the Abazabas. My favorite faction, the Abazabas. <laughs> All right. Divergent features a futuristic dystopian Chicago. What dystopian version of a city would you want to live in? Gerard Hood's downtown L.A. Philip has I Am Legends New York. It seemed pretty well supplied. Brian has Austin. Wait a minute, I'm living in it. L lol. Okay. Downtown Vegas. Could be cool, a la Resident Evil style. And Jason has Cloud City. <laughs> so that's our <laughs> dystopian Cloud City. Landale's <laughs> gone rogue. Is that Camino? I don't know. Actually, it feels like Cloud City feels like dystopian Camino, but never mind. Let's move on. And then we asked, what faction would Divergent fans choose? April writes, duh, Dauntless. And I said that in probably her disgusted what voice. Uh, and then Jason writes, Pikachu, he chooses you. I mean, I'd, I'd just be candor, right? I'd just be talking all the time. Like, I'd, 
<laughs> what did erudite do, by the way? Do they just like sit in the library and read all day? Is that like their thing? I couldn't. I couldn't. I think they judge people because they're so brainy. Well, that's no. That's what candor does. Like they're lawyers and judges and things. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's who's the lawyers? Are those the white coats? That's candors. No, the, no. That's the that's the abazabas. I thought erudite was the lawyers. The, 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 okay, so the abazabas are the white people. The the, the white people. The white coats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the erudites are the blues, but they just seem to be in libraries. The candors are the ones that are lawyers and judges. Like that's what they said. They said they're like. They, they talk right. and study law. Oh, right, right. Because honesty and truth and yeah. stuff. Looking through my notes. Exactly, yeah. So so what so what do erudites do? They just kind of like plod. They, they, apparently they scheme. Because that's what they, they really hate the Abazabas slash Agamemnons. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're just like in the library. Just it's just chilling. the brainy people. They're just yeah. busy being brainy. It's like the worst faction. It's like, oh my God, look how smart we are, guys. Oh my God, we are. <laughs> the, other, the other factions must hate them. That's what they do all day. They just sit in their ivory towers and they're like, we're so smart, guys. Oh, my God. So smart. Let's have a smart meeting. (laughs) Drink some some smart water. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the hobo helpers. I mean, they have have this. It's like, oh, my God, look at this homeless guy. Give him a package. Okay, moving on. Uh, We're just curious. Uh, what are some of your favorite trailers? This is a, I like this as like a running question that we should have of like what people's favorite trailer like from all yeah, yeah. favorite trailers. Mm-hmm. This is... Aaron and I both love watching trailers. I like a good slick trailer, and I, I put a few yeah. here that I remembered in this recent week. Uh, we had the original Batman trailer, uh, the teaser for Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was pulled from theaters. Um, it was like too like creepy with like the it has like this cool like all the bloods kind of dripping into one place to make the title Dracula. And you watch it now, and it's really tame and really kind of cheesy. But like at that, it's still a really cool teaser trailer for that movie. And then I thought of the the band Spider-Man trailer, like the original one that had Spider-Man catching a helicopter between the World Trade Center buildings. Like that's right. it's a cool trailer. Obviously, you can't okay. use that because of things that happened. But like it was a cool like, hey, Spider-Man's here. Like that would like if horrible things didn't happen back in the day, like that would be like a really cool way to sell a movie. Yeah. Obviously, Sam Raimi thought so. But um, uh, let's see. So. In addition, it seems like everyone answered some more recent trailers, but Mike has uh, all the new Godzilla trailers, which I agree. I think those are terrific. Mm-hmm. I like the teaser more than the actual. but um, Even though I hated the uh, Roland Emmerich version of Godzilla, the their teaser trailer with the museum and then the foot comes down, Yeah, that's pretty good. That marketing was pretty good because it was all like, size does matter. Like, look how big we are. <laughs> Screw you, the Lost World Jurassic Park, our competitor <laughs> this year, even though neither of our movies were good. We're gonna, do, we're they, gonna... do they also have like a, a Taco Bell tie-in or something? Yes, with um the the little dog. Why yeah. can't I remember the little dog's name? Was, I, I just, didn't know the dog had a name. It didn't have a name. He, it was just you care with Taco Bell. Like, you was... lizard, lizard. <laughs> That's what the dog said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are, it was a good campaign for that movie. It's just, you know, that's a movie. Um, let's see, Tyler has the Iron Man 3 trailer. Made it seem like the movie was going to be great, but then... Alright, Tyler didn't like Iron Man 3, apparently. Uh, Matt has Godzilla and Game of Thrones. Um, Jason has the new Peanuts trailer and Transformers 4. Um, we'll talk about those in weeks to come, because we haven't right. yet. But one of those I was more impressed with the other, and the one I was impressed with doesn't involve big robots. Um... Metal Dragons doesn't sell you? <laughs> yes, I know they're called Dinobots. Don't write in. The... <laughs> I, I'd love to get angry emails for once. <laughs> yeah. They're called Dinobots, Courtney. Gosh, why can't she get back in the kitchen and make her husband a sandwich? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> All right. 
uh, lastly, in terms of favorite trailers, Philip has the one from Raising Arizona that H that High and Ed lived in, which made me laugh so much is which is why we have this question in yeah. there because he put a Abe asked for links, Abe asked for links as well, which would be awesome. And so he has a link of the picture of the trailer that they lived in in Raising Arizona, which made me like legit laugh out loud like for a good couple. You seconds. win, Philip. <laughs> that was good. Win. Philip Hurd gets the he gets the VIP listener award this week apparently. <laughs> As much as Jason tries, because he answers all our questions, and we appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Uh, we also got some questions. Uh, George asks us, The cast of At Now in a Hunger Games Battle Royale-style game of death. Who is the last one to survive, and how do you outsmart or outskill your competition? Well, the, first one, the, the first one to die is Scott Mendelson. He's very loud. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's bringing – he's not bringing much to the table. <laughs> I would just be like, I don't know why I'm here, and then it's like, boom, done. Uh, um the next one would probably be uh, Jordan or Alan, and then, uh, you know, subsequently it'd probably be me, because I'd just be like, yeah, I'm going to go do some work, and boom, done. Yeah, Jose would outlast you for sure. Um, yeah, great skills. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, Abe. I'm, I'm probably always playing disc golf, so I'm always staying active. Yeah, I think you have, like, you know, some bombs that you could throw. And I, I feel like I'd make top four. If there's like a, a a twelve of us, I think I think I'd be tough. Plus, you know, you, you wear sandals a lot, so you could probably hike. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would help. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know that is anything. And yeah, so that's there's the out now Hunger Games battle. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I two seconds thought too. I guess we need a winner, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I'd actually I think Brenna would probably win. Brenna would Brenna, like, Brenna, Brenna yeah. would take us all down. It's like Tammy or Brenna, one or the other. Yeah. Um. All right. Jason then asks, what Marvel characters would you like to see in the Lego movie 2? Um, any, I guess, would be my answer to that one. Um, didn't, didn't, didn't see any. Spider-Man, how about that? Well, it's not Spider-Man. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Uh, Who's Spider-Man? Where was Spider-Man in the Lego movie 2? Maybe not, actually. Uh, we saw It was all DC, which makes sense. It was Warner Brothers. That does make sense. Yeah, I guess. Uh, also, we... I'll just say Spider-Man. I think he'd be a good sure. fit. Making some jokes. Chris <laughs> Pratt. And uh, also, by the way, we put out a campaign to get 225 likes. We got 226. Yes. <laughs> that was uh, that was four more than we originally had, and I'm glad that those images and those gifs that we put up uh, worked out to some degree. So thank good you. Good job, Abe. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you know, we're on this, buddy. We're on this. Way to way to get us past that wall. Yeah, of Facebook mean, likes. Every every little step counts. Give a little bit. That's what I say. Yeah. No one else has ever said that. I I don't even know what you said. Exactly. He also Let's... didn't write a song about it either. No, not a, not at all. That's Let's do a lot of trailers <laughs> and like a lot of like ending montage of happiness. Ugh, that hurts my soul. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on now to box office. Each week we talk about the box office results of, um, of the week and to find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember last week what you predicted for Divergent? I want to say second place twenty five. Second place twenty, yeah, about twenty four. But yeah, you're right. um. Jeff said twenty-one million. Second place. Christian said second place of twenty million. You, know, you guys all stuck low. Yeah. I, I went. I went. I went high. Obviously not high enough, but I said first place of thirty-five million. Diver- which I, I didn't know the tracking of this time at this point either. Divergent hit first place of fifty-six million this weekend. Um, so it's a win. It's a win for. Obviously, I mean, it's a little tough to get a, over a hundred million dollars like Hunger Games does. Like that's just ridiculous. But it's pretty pretty strong opening for Divergent. Fifty-six million. Yeah. Unfortunately, Muppets kind of stalled in second place of 16 million. First one, first Muppets, or the the Muppets, opened back in th- at Thanksgiving a few years ago with about like 41 million. Um, this one, obviously, with all the competition around it and whatnot, didn't uh, didn't quite 
set the set the skies on fire here. But yeah, sixteen million second place. Um, the only other new thing really is this God's Not Dead movie, which I assume is just a Christian Wonderfest of some sort. Um, fifth, <laughs> fifth place of eight million. Um, everything else is still happening. Grand Budapest Hotel is in is still in the top ten, rising up oh, great. with its theater expansion. Such a such a good movie. 300 still making money. Need for Speeds it's still in the top 10 for some reason. Uh, and yeah, no, all right, this box office. Sounds good. Okay, let's move on now. Let's get Oof. to what time is it, Gabe? I think that it's uh, time for Courtney and Aaron to play some games. <laughs> Not special, divergent at all. Special that guest was... Ellie Goulding came in to us. Ellie, right Ellie Goulding, wow. <laughs> She's on the soundtrack for the first time. I called studio? her up. I called her up. I call her L. I said, L, you got to come in here. Type of, type of, give us a little ditty for the game segment this week. And you did. Wow, thank you very much, Ellie. That was uh, that was amazing. <laughs> She's a pixie, I guess. Yeah, that's a very Tinkerbelly. <laughs> pirate uh, so fairy. <laughs> yeah, the pirate fairy. So I've got a game here, and if uh, if uh, things go well, I might have a lightning round. But it's on a scale of. So on a scale of is a game in which uh, I have. A scale from the internet, either IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Box Office Mojo, etc. You guys have to kind of guess the range in which these these movies fall. This week I've got IMDb, and the lightning round might be Box Office Mojo. It depends on uh, on how much time we have. So we're trying. You're going to name us a movie, and we're going to try and predict the IMDb rating for that movie. Correct. Yeah, to well, the tenth. Fun. <laughs> so it's got to be like you know five point zero or five point five something like that. I mean, because IMDb kind of goes through the tens. You see, like you see, I crush that like sentence, in, like one I, sentence of the yeah, I, your game. I, <laughs> I did. Okay, I, that was amazing. That was like that was like Old Spice deodorant. <laughs> anyway, so on a scale, these are actors and actresses from Divergent as well as the director Neil Berger. So here we go, and Berg. both of you guys will Dugel, I believe is the way you pronounce it. Um, so you guys both have a chance to answer, so no need to buzz in. Um, the Descendants. On IMDb, The Descendants. And no cheating. Um, I to Descendants. I'll say 7.3. Okay. Courtney? I'll say 8.6. 8.6. It was 7.4. Nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Spectacular Now with Cheyenne Woodley and Miles Teller. Hmm. I'll say 7.7. 7.7. I think the film people like that on IMDb. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 6.3. Even though I love that movie, I think people are harsh with it. And it was closer to Aaron's. It was 7.3. All right. Wow. That awkward moment with Miles Teller. Oh, God. Boy. Um, I'll say... 6.1. 6.1, okay. Uh, I like that Zach Efron. 3.4. 3.4. It was 6.2, Aaron. I'm destroying this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you looking at this page? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like, you're like within one-tenth of, uh, of these films here. All right, 21 and over with Miles Teller. Really? I hated that movie. Oh, horrible, but Miles Teller didn't Teller's watch it. That was on my worst of, like number three, I think. Yeah, that was on my worst of too. Oh my god. Um, but apparently, IMD people like crap because they like that awkward <laughs> moment. So. What were we at? Twenty-one and over. Um, oh, I'll say, God, I'll say six point three. Six point three. Okay, Courtney. Uh, 
6.0. Courtney, you take this one. It was 5.8. Oh, good. I'm happy happy about that one. Thank (laughs) God. It should be lower, though. That hurts. (laughs) And then we've got uh, some Jai Courtney films here. A Good Day to Die Hard. I'll say 5.4. Okay, Courtney? Mm, 6.3. Exactly 5.4. Wow. Oh, no. no way. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, this is spooky. That is crazy. And we don't share games, Courtney. So, you know, Aaron hasn't seen these. I am crushing this so bad. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. Also, people should rate that movie lower. Yes. That yes. was the worst movie last year. So. Oh, it was. That was on my, that was my worst. That was That's my worst as well. Number one. Another Jack or another uh, Jack Courtney film, Jack Reacher. I think that's higher. Um, I'll say six point five. Okay. Mm, I'm gonna say seven point two. Courtney, it's seven. Oh, that's good. Seven point oh. 7.0. I yeah. thought I was thinking Jack Reacher got a bad rap because it was a solid movie. Yeah, it was solid. It's, the, it's Jack Courtney's one good theatrical movie, <laughs> <laughs> where he says nothing. And he gets beat up. Says yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't even have any lines, but... He looks, he's he's imposing. <laughs> yeah, he is. All right, now we get some Ray Livingston photo, or films. Thor The Dark World. Ray Stevenson? Stevenson, yeah. <laughs> Livingston. Well, what was I thinking? Thor The Dark World. I think you're thinking Ron Livingston from Office Space. Um, Thor? Um, the Dark World. The Dark Single. World. Oh, people people like that Thor. I'll, uh, say, I'll say 7.4. Okay. This is the Dark World's the sequel, right? Yes. Um, five point one. Seven point three. Aaron. People love the Thor. I'm telling you. What the heck, dude? Chris Hemsworth smile. It sells it. But everybody hated that movie, though. Apparently IMDb, not. I guess. I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. People IMDb like those Marvel movies. Oh, killing me. If it's not, if it's, if it's not, you know, Ghost Rider, people love those Marvel movies or Electra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Three more. Three more. Punisher Warzone. Ah, oh. God, people probably hate that movie though, even though it's amazingly hilarious. <laughs> um, Punisher Warzone. I'll say five point nine. Okay, Courtney. Mm, Four point seven. It's exactly six point Aaron, what okay. the heck, dude? Seriously. Like, I don't know what's going on. That should be rising. That's a commentary in the making, Abe. Punisher Warzone. We should we should so do a couple on the all list. The Punishers, all the Punishers. All the Punishers. Oh my god. Yeah. I like I like the Tom Jane Punisher. I think the movie's Yeah, Thomas Jane. Yeah, I like that. I like it. Uh, where's my where's my comment? Right. There it is. Punishers. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> Punisher uh parentheses S parent parentheses Punishers. Alright, so now we got some Neil Berger films, the last two. The Illusionist. The Illusionist? Which I always confuse with the prestige, but yeah, the Illusionist. I don't because the... I think of the one that I really like and the one that's like, oh that was okay. Um, the illusionist. Uh, I'll say seven point oh. People like that Ed Norton. Mm, I'll say eight. It's going to Courtney. It's seven point six. Oh, people like that illusionist. Yeah. And lastly, Limitless. God, people like Limitless too, which annoys me so much. Um, how do you forget to pay your drug dealer? I'm so smart, yet I didn't pay my bill. Um. Oh, the drinking of the blood. Oh yeah, the vampirism in Limitless. That was necessary. Oh my god. I'll say 7.1. Okay. 7.6. I'm going to give it to Courtney. It's 7.4. All right. Yeah. I like that, that one kind of like right the dead even there. So people, people like that Limitless. It's so confusing. They do. <laughs> this is the movie we embrace Bradley Cooper in. <laughs> Look, he's a writer, so and now he's super smart. Like, what? Uh, 
He's going to see the accent coming a mile away. All right, so obviously Aaron won that game. Uh, all right, let's do a little that now presents what's out now. These are new movies coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, and we got quite a list here. First up is The Wolf of Wall Street. Yay, it's a good movie. I'm excited for that one. Check it out on the old blues. See Jonah Hill in slow motion rocking his, his thing. Um, <laughs> uh, Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn. I, I watch Starbuck. <laughs> um, the Great Beauty, Academy Award winning best. Didn't watch it. Film. Did you see The Great Beauty, Courtney? I didn't see it, but I know a lot of people are calling it Fowlini. Yeah, that's appropriate, but it's also faux long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to see it, but I don't know. I've heard mixed things. It's, it's but... a it's a good visual experience, that's for sure. It's a very Italian movie. Like you really mm. get a. A, the use of color and sounds and so should I watch? I mean, if you have two and a half hours, you're like, I should see what the best foreign feature winner should look like. I mean, that's not a bad choice. Yeah, it's just a guy walking around Italy for like two and a half hours. So, <laughs> um, the past comes out, which is fantastic, and I completely mm-hmm. recommend the past. When that movie comes out, and it's wonderful. Uh, from the director of A Separation, which previously won the best foreign film Academy Award. Um, Welcome to the Jungle. It's the it's. Blu-ray and DVD with Jean-Claude Van Damme in a comedy. I thought it was funny. Brandon Peters, friend of the show, thought it was funny. Um, Veep Season 2 comes out. Yeah, it's a good series. I know we're Veep fans, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Key and Peel Seasons 1 and 2 comes out. I guess that's a good thing. I didn't really actually watch the show. They just watched the clips on YouTube. People like that Key and Peel. I'm glad. And uh, last thing, speaking of Scorsese, uh, King of Comedy 30th Anniversary Blu-ray hits this week. And... Uh, that King of Comedy is a that's a good movie. Um, I put that maybe top I don't know about top five top ten Scorsese for sure. De Niro delivering Jerry Lewis. But yeah, that's coming out this week on uh, Blu-ray and DVD. Let's go on to next week. Next week we're talking about Noah. This is of course the fun family-friendly adventure comedy about <laughs> Russell Crowe <laughs> trying to make his way to building an ark and sealing himself off from the rest of humanity before it's too late. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a new Darren Aronofsky film. Russell Crowe, Jennifer Connelly, Anthony Hopkins, and the perks of being a wallflower is Logan Lerman, among others. Uh, it's fun to just say all that in one title. Uh, this movie opens wide with a few other things. Um, what other things? What, was it, what were we saying before? Sabotage. Sabotage. And, uh, uh, bad words. Bad words. The way to. Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Noah's obviously the biggest release. Once Abe sees The Raid 2, we'll, we'll no doubt record something about it, just because we were, of course, big Raid fans. Especially if he comes down here, then we can do a live podcast on The Raid, like a real quick episode on The Raid 2, which would be amazing. Oh, uh, snap. But yeah, we're going to talk about Noah for sure next week. And uh, let's do a little box office predicted for Noah. I'm trying to think of other things that are similar to Noah. Well, I mean, uh, and also probably some Darren Aronofsky films. Yeah, but his films don't exactly open high. I mean, they, like, I guess, like, no, they don't, because they all open in, like, limited release. This is his first, like, wide-release, huge movie. Besides, like, there's other movies expanded, certainly, like Black Swan made a ton of money, but this is, like, a big studio release film, so. I would, I would say, uh, I'm going to say uh, first place with 30, 
39.6. They're 39.6. That's your guess. (laughs) Sure. That's the first place. Okay. And $1. And $1. (laughs) We do play Price is Right rules. You play Price is Right rules. You're right. (laughs) Courtney, thoughts? Um, I think it'll be... Because I have heard some regular people talking about it, and they're like, hell no, we're not going. Um, so I'm saying, I'm going to say rather low, but I'm terrible at predicting these things as proven by the game this week. So, uh, 27.6. These point sixes kill it. Um, not and one dollar. And one dollar. <laughs> and one dollar. I'm writing that in. 27.6 and one dollar. And to God, if I get it, oh my gosh, if I called it. Yeah, you immediately get to come back to the podcast. That's how it works. <laughs> um, let's see. I get God. Um, this is a tough one. I will go right in between you guys. I'll just say a solid thirty-one mil How about that. Pretty good. Thirty. Sorry, thirty-one point two. Thirty-one point two. Okay, going with going with the uh, the decimals there. Nailed it. Cool. All right. So yeah, we'll see how that progresses. But yeah, that's uh that's next week's show, and that means it's also going to do it for this week's show. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com, my personal blog, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. And at the Young Folks, I don't, I don't point this out enough, uh, theyoungfolks.com. I've been writing TV reviews for The Walking Dead and then The Americans over there. And Twitter, twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag what's beyond the fence. <laughs> Courtney? Uh, you can find more of my stuff on veryaware.com and also on realvixen.com. And you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Lula Mae Bell. All right. Great. I don't follow you yet for some reason. i got to change that right yeah. now. But follow me. Before I do that, you can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now Pod, of the of Out Now There and Today by iTunes and at Stitcher. Also at hhwlod.com, you can find all the other shows there as well, because that is the fun podcast network that hosts a lot of shows about games and comics and other fun stuff like that. You can find our episodes over at outnow.podomag.com, as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. Of course, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us angry emails about Dinobots and what that entails. <laughs> yeah. You can also interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And finally, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Abe had a lot of fun this weekend with that because I get constant notifications on my phone that someone is reblogging <laughs> our posts at Tumblr. Um, and feel free to use 972-798-3830 to leave us a voicemail. And, you know, if you leave us a cool voicemail, we might play it on the show and answer whatever question you might have. That is 972-798-3830. I now need to point out another thing because this just caught me by surprise as we end our show. Kind of a downbeat. James Rebhorn. Do you know who that is by chance? Yes. Maybe. A- Abe's a character actor. He was in, um, he's, he's Carrie's father on Homeland. He, oh, no! I'm looking at in, it now. Independent, exactly Independence is. Day is one I think of a lot. Yeah. He plays a lot of kind of... He was in the game. Game, yeah. Plays a lot of like, kind uh, of like... Instead of a woman. Kind of stern office leader type characters. Yes. Right. Classify him. Um, tremendous character actor. I always, you know, he was he's, in the... he's a guy who like went beyond that kind of that guy mode to a guy who I legit like knew his name. Like James Rebhorn's in this. All right, like it's a solid actor. He yeah. unfortunately passed away apparently at the age of sixty-five, and that's you know it's always disheartening to see you know actors like that pass. And I say you know I say this with, like without any kind of like 
snark or anything like that, but like if I was like Carrie on Homeland, I'd be devastated that my father like that died because he's a good he was a good actor. He's a good, probably a good guy. So yeah. it's a it's, it's sad news. Sad news to end on, but you know it's nice to you know we like to keep update on the show and let let the viewers know what's happening, let the listeners know what's happening, and uh, sad stuff. Yeah. But you know, moving on, keep it positive. Um, so yeah, on that on that note, thank you, Courtney, for joining us for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. That was a lot of fun. Good. And uh, we'll be happy to have you back at some point. Yay! So it'll be for some romantic comedy adventure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm all over it. I have to be your expert, your romantic comedy expert. <laughs> but uh, until next time, when the flood comes and all the animals need shelter, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So, so long. And goodbye. Trying to think of something clever, but I can't. Maybe the name of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs>